0: So how has your
1: life changed?
0: How? What is your life like
1: today? It's totally different. <laughs> uh, the way that I interact with people, um, I my nephew, uh, he's five and a half years old. He's down in Florida. Uh, he's one of my biggest whys, one of my biggest motivations, uh, to continue, uh, going on. I will never forget very vividly. Uh, one of the last times they came to visit before I had surgery, we were, uh, playing where I was living and I was spinning around with him in my arms. And, uh, it was a combination of being overweight, getting a little dizzy. And I remember, stumbling and almost like falling through the wall with him in my arms. And I was terrified that if we would have gone through that wall, what would have happened? And at that point I said, this is never happening again. And, you know, there were times where it was difficult to do fun things. I I could do everything, but it was a labor. It was difficult. I would find myself breathing labor, doing little things. Um, And I'll never forget, you know, the first time that we did Certain things. I remember going to Disney, and you know, so I lived in Florida my whole life. I was the type of person we talk about genetics, I could, you know, sweat just breathing. Um, And now with losing weight, I don't sweat as much as I used to. So I remember it was February, it was warm. I had him on my shoulders, and I was running through Disney. Wasn't sweating. I wasn't out of breath. I had, you know, this little child on my shoulders, and we're laughing and giggling and having all those things. You know, I remember going on the roller coaster for the first time again. I remember, you know, going from, I, I, at my biggest, I probably could have been a 6XLT, but I was in 5XLTs. Um, And I remember walking into the store that I shopped at for the last. 15 years or so because I was overweight and that was the only place that carried shirts in my size. I remember going back because I had a coupon and I had uh, some birthday coupons and things like that. I was all excited to go in and get some new stuff because I was getting into smaller sizes and I walked in and I had just bought shirts the week before somewhere else. And she says, "Well, what size are you? And I told her, I said, I'm a two X and I was excited because that was like Mm. the size that I was in like high school. Like when I started like, gaining I remember being an XL but like I was all excited that I was a 2X and she's like I don't think so and so she measured me and she says I don't think you're a 2X anymore she says I'm gonna grab you some shirts we'll try some stuff on and I tried it on and she says well what size do you think that is I said it's a 2X she's like no it's an XL and I remember being in the store and almost like crying you know because I had worked like that was like a goal to get to that and then even in that same moment. So that was some stuff from the clearance. I was like, okay, I'm going to go look, I've got coupons. I'll pick a few things out. And we talked back to uh, triggers and different things like that. So I've gone from a point where I weighed, you know, close to 400 pounds. I was 398.8 pounds uh, at my biggest uh, before surgery. And I went from that point and being a five X and, and going in the store, not so much in shame, but you know, you go in and you're like, you know it's it's difficult because that's the only place that works. So you're not even looking at other people. You're you're you don't have your head down, but you're like, okay, what can I get? And so here I am now. I'm an XL, and there was a gentleman that was in the store that was bigger, and I remember him giving me a stare like, what are you doing in my store? Mm. And so I went from you know being on the other side and being so shameful, like kind of having my head down to now I'm getting a glare. Like, what are you doing in in my store? And I'll never, you know, you, you don't forget those moments. You know, we talked about wrestling and people that held me accountable. I remember there was a, a wrestler, uh, his name's Wardlow and he um, was from locally independently. He's now signed with a larger company, but we became friends. And when I first got here, I was a 5X, so when I wanted to get shirts from wrestlers, I, if they had a, a website online, I was able to order it. And I had to pay extra because it was a bigger size, and then I had to pay shipping as opposed to walking up to them at their table and saying, here's $20. I was now spending close to $32 for a t-shirt. And so I I bought my two first shirts when I was here, and then I remember asking him at one point as I was getting to smaller sizes. I might have been like a 3 or a 2X. And I said to him, I says, what's the biggest size you have? He says, all I have left is XL. I said, hold that for me. And I remember after I left the store, cause I had gotten to an XL sending him a text and saying, bring that shirt to an XL. I can't yeah. wait to wear it, you know? And so that was a huge motivating force for me. But when you go through all those different things, you know, you learn to appreciate, you know, like I appreciate being able to go on a roller coaster Now I appreciate, you know, I remember it, it for me, I got to a point where standing for 10 minutes was painful. So then to be able to go to Disneyland with my friends and to go, I think over two days we did like 17 miles. I never held anybody up. I never had to sit down. I remember there was a time where I was with a friend and we were in Ann Arbor and he wanted to go somewhere so we went to the other side of town and then we were making our way back and... We we had taken uh one of those uh guys in the bike. He, we were two massively overweight dudes and we're sitting in the back and he, he was going up the hill and I remember the the bike tilting back and feeling terrible for this guy <laughs> that was driving us to go get insomniac cookies at, you know, ten o'clock at night. So we he's taken two fat guys to get ice cream and cookies. Mm. And, you know, realizing in that moment, but then we ended up being way further from where we parked and we, I don't know how far we had to walk, but I remember having to sit down and I remember being in so much pain. My back was burning and crying out of embarrassment Ah. and pain because I had to sit down and we still had like another mile to go. So to go from that, to be able to run a mile in under nine minutes, to be able to do a 5k, to be able to, you know, lift weights and to do all those things that I never would have imagined doing before, you learn to be grateful. You learn to enjoy them.
0: Grateful. And and again, with any addiction, one of the biggest enemies of recovery is complacency and boredom. However, what you're telling me is that gratitude can be a good force that can oppose complacency and can oppose boredom. What do you say out there? People are listening and says, wow, you, you did it, Andrew. Uh, how about me? What do you have to say to someone who's sitting out there saying, gee, I wish that were me?
1: It starts with a decision. You have to choose to want change. I have people all the time that tell me, I wish I had your motivation or I wish this, or I wish that. Well, you can wish all day long. If you don't make any changes, nothing's ever going to change. And you, you said that this evening. Um, so it has to start within yourself. It might be nice to be motivated by me. It might be nice to be inspired by me. But if you don't get up and make changes, you know, I didn't start out, you know, I have people say, oh, I wish I could run like you could do, or I wish I could lift weights like you do. I, Where I'm at now, a year ago, six months ago, I wished I was at where I'm at now. And it takes consistency. It takes making a, a consistent effort. Did I wake up, you know, just, Okay. So we talked about Wardlow. He just debuted last week on TV and my phone blew up. Well, his song for a bunch of my personal records at the gym was, that's what I listened to. So everybody's messaging me. Oh, well, he just debuted. I got videos and different things like that. Well, I turned his, his, uh, song on and I set a new PR by like 50 pounds. But if I wouldn't have been Working out six months or two years or however long, I wouldn't even come close to where I am now. I didn't start running. It, I, I told you it took over, you know, it took almost two hours for me to walk my first mile. And then I remember my first goal was to get my mile under 20 minutes. And then it was under 18. And then, you know, then I remember getting under 10 minutes was a huge deal. And now when I I haven't been running as much, but like now getting to 10 minutes is like, that's not a big deal, you know? So it starts with making a conscious decision. I'm going to make change. If you want to take a drastic measure and have weight loss surgery, anybody that's morbidly obese or obese and fits that criteria, I would suggest it. But going into it, you have to realize that it's a tool and it's only going to take you so far. Um, I suggest get the the thing for me that that really um, hammered at home when I was kind of uh, when I learned that I could have surgery. When I was talking to the physician's assistant, she said to me, "She said for you to lose the weight that you want to lose and keep it off long term, it's going to be nearly impossible to do without surgery." She didn't say that it would be impossible. I know and follow people on social media that have lost similar amounts of weight that I have without surgery. So it's not to say that it's not possible. But to lose it and to keep it off, surgery was was my best answer. Um, So you have to find what works for you. We discussed off-air different fad diets and different things like that. That might give you That instant gratification. You might see the numbers move, but if it's not going to be something that you can sustain long term, it's not going to be beneficial. You might see immediate results, but if you don't make long term lifestyle changes, it's not going to mean anything. So I used to eat fast food multiple times a week. I used to eat, you know, lunch meat sandwiches because it was simple. Well, now I meal prep. Now I go to the gym multiple times a week. Now I you know, do different things. I surround myself with like-minded people to keep me accountable, to, to look and say, okay, well, look at what this person's doing this week. Maybe I can, you know, so I know somebody that recently had surgery and was struggling to walk a mile. And we got together recently and we went for a walk and I said, well, okay, you're doing okay. Let's walk a little bit further. She didn't, she thought that a mile was a struggle And then we ended up, I think, doing like a mile and a half that night. And then I just talked to the person that she walks with regularly and he said, oh, we did 1.8 miles, you know, so we have all these boundaries within our mind. Well, I can't do that. Well, maybe you're not going to start out with, you know, a mile and a half, but if you can do a half a mile, if you can, whatever you can do and then build on that. I didn't start with, you know, cutting everything out because when you live a lifestyle that allows you to become morbidly obese... Whether that's genetically or you know, you're making conscious poor decisions every day, which will lead you to that point, you have to take smaller steps to bring yourself out of that. You're not going to instantly cut out pop every day. You know, if you drink two liters a day to say, tomorrow I'm not gonna drink any, you're in for a rude awakening. If you say, I'm gonna completely cut out, you know, fast food or whatever it might be, you're in for a rude awakening. So maybe you scale back to one day a week or, you know, one can of pop a day or whatever that might be. And then gradually grow from there. You have to learn what works for you and you have to, you have to know yourself. If I think I, I couldn't have gone from, from black to white overnight. I couldn't have just completely changed zero to 60 because then I would fail. A lot of people go on very restrictive diets and they do lose weight. But with that great restriction, they then, especially if you have an addictive personality and food is a, a trigger for you or a source of comfort or whatever that might be, if you deprive yourself of the things that you like and enjoy, when you binge, it's going to be bad, and you're going to become self-destructive. So, a, a lot of people are like, "Well, I, I, you know, I'm going to do this diet." That's fine. You can, and I hate the word diet. It's got to be a lifestyle change. So, within that. You know, because the times that I did it before, before I had surgery, I would eat the same way, but instead of, you know, multiple slices of pizza, I would have one. Or if I was having, you know, whatever it might be, I would have smaller portions. And it's learning to make those changes to when you get to a a point of, I'm really going to do this, it's sustainable. You've created a lifestyle so that when you do have a bad day or a bad week, that you can get back on the horse and continue to move forward.
0: Andrew, you're well-spoken and you're certainly delightful, and I believe that you've opened up a room of hope for individuals out there. And I really like the way that you didn't lecture or you didn't say you must do this or you must do that. You gave people possibilities and explore possibilities, to turn uh, certainties into possibilities. And we hope that at some time in the future, we can continue to track your life and your progress. And we always like to have people back on the shows to have a little reunion and as always Andrew at the end of every show we offer a free prescription which would be fruits nuts and vegetables and unplug your television and perhaps take up fishing and for a truly mindful experience we suggest that you fish without bait without definitive expectations and as always do a kindness for yourself to a kindness for another forgive yourself and forgive another until all are free none are free namaste